take your Bible and go to the Word. How many have a Bible today? Amen. Well, oh yeah, but you don't need that right now. You don't want the Hawaiian punch. Discernment. Discernment. That's what we're going to talk about today. And discernment is so important to have. You need to have discernment, church. It's not, listen, it's not a choice. It's not a choice. It's like a must-have. You need it. You need it for yourself. You need it for your, your spouse. You need it for your loved ones. You need it for your children. You need it for um, other believers. But what is discernment? To understand or know something through the power of the Holy Spirit. To examine, prove, test, and scrutinize. I must know Jesus. I have to be in a relationship with him. I know him as my savior, but I need to know Holy Spirit as my lead and my guide that is helping me discern and sift and analyze and distinguish between what is the right and wrong and what's spirit-led and being a, having a spirit-led life and not flesh. In 1 Corinthians 12.10, it says, And to another, the working of miracles, and to another prophecy foretelling the future speaking a new message from the god from god to the people and to another discernment of spirits the ability to distinguish sound godly doctrine from the deceptive doctrine of man-made religions and cults mm. and to the uh, another various kinds of unknown tongues and to another interpretation of tongues but i'm going to read that middle part there again yeah and to another discernment of spirits the ability to distinguish. You can't look at those. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't know what they were. They just looked attractive. I just, I thought they were gift cards to somewhere. Got my eye on you. Sorry. I can see my peripheral here. You messed me up. Godly doctrine from deceptive doctrine of man-made religions and cults. So we've got to know the word. You've got to know the word. You've got to know and be able to distinguish between different spirits and doctrines. It is so prevalent right now. Like it's always been, but it is so strong that it will even, some people I think that are like so close, they, they, they're so close to Jesus and they still get tricked for a minute. It's like, oh, whoa, whoa, what was I thinking? What was I doing? Like shake out of it. We've got to shake out of it, wake ourselves up. Be led by the Spirit and not our flesh. And that takes, that takes some work to Yeah, we do. were driving in the car and we were talking about this the other day. And uh, we were originally going to talk about something else. I forget what it was. What was Oh, we were going to talk about childhood. Because anytime uh, my wife wants to minister, she wants to minister love, like children. Like she loves children. So, it's all, so then, then we got to talking about something. It was one of our children or something. Something was happening and, and uh, somebody missed it. You know, somebody... Uh, just kind of went the wrong way. And, and 1 Corinthians 12 is, is really to the church, and it's saying that these gifts that are mentioned in this chapter, you should read that. I want, you know, I, that's your homework, okay? Your homework is to read 1 Corinthians 12 and to see these gifts. And as you see these gifts, what I want you to, what I want you to take away today is that... Um, not all of them uh, belong to all of us, but all of them are for all of us. So I want you to see that, that all of the gifts there, you may not have the gift of healing. 
But, but Eddie does. And if Eddie has the gift of healing, it's not just for him and Maria. It's, it's for me, man. Don't be, don't be stingy, dude. Right? And now, now you say, well, that's great. That's great. Well, the gift of discernment. Now here, now all of these gifts are available to us. So you can get it if you ask for it. I believe God will give it to you if you ask for it. And I believe every believer needs more discernment in this. I, I need greater discernment to raise my children, to, to run the church. I, I need greater discernment to, to, you know, to drive in traffic, y'all. The other day we're coming up Levitt Road and there's two lanes of traffic and this one guy decides he's going to pass in the bike lane. So this guy gets mad. This guy in, in the, gets mad and he won't let him over. As a matter of fact, he starts pushing him further into the bike lane and the whole time all I see, and you know if you're coming down right in front of the Verizon shop up there, there's all these tall like reeds and you can't see, you know what's in there? fire hydrants and all I see is this guy he's about to nose plunge into a fire hydrant because people are crazy and you, you need discernment someone say amen 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 you need discernment you need you need the you need the gifts of the Holy Spirit and I need the gifts let me tell you let me tell you why I need the gift I need the gift of, of discernment because I want my life to be efficient and accurate. I want my life, we, we said this, we want our lives to hit the target, the bullseye that God destined us for. But these gifts, the gift of discernment, now I, I have to read it for you because I, I, I don't think we, I don't think we understand what we're up against. But the, but the Amplified Version makes it so clear. It's just, Here's the gifts. There's a work of miracles. There's a work of prophecy, foretelling the future, speaking a new message from God to the people, and to another discernment. Uh, put that scripture up there. I need them to see this. There is a discernment. Come on, go back. There is discernment of what? Say it out loud. So what are you, what are you discerning? Spirits. This is a gift that belongs to the church. This gift belongs to you and me, not them. God has given this gift to us so we can make sure that we are not deceived. If, if there was a need, so he says the discernment of spirits, the ability to distinguish sound godly doctrine from the deceptive doctrine of man-made religions and cults. God put that in there. God put that in there because he knew there would be a day where his church would be saturated in the cult saturated with doctrines of demons and they would need a gift they would need the gift of the spirit to to identify the difference between what is true and what is mostly true but a little bit of a lie and i want you to see this that's what discernment does discernment is 
it, it has this ability to tell what is full truth from what is almost full truth, but a drop of the lie. That's what this is. Because that's, if I'm a demon, if I'm a spirit, and that's what you're fighting, you're fighting a spirit. So if I'm a spirit, I'm going to wrap the drop of poison in most of a lie. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hide the poison in virtue. I'm going to hide the poison in talent, in ability. I'm going to hide it there. But how many know, look at this. If I were to ask you, hey, Hans, will you drink this vial of poison? Would anybody in here drink this vial of poison? No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't drink the vial of poison. But let's say, how many know Hawaiian Punch is the drink, man? I mean, Hawaiian Punch. I, when I was a kid, this was like, this was like the Lamborghini of drinks, man. If you got Hawaiian punch, dude, you were like, oh, this is a fancy party, y'all. Like Marlon got Hawaiian punch. It's, it's, it's on tap. You could just get as much as you want. But what, let's say, let's say I take a drop, just a drop, man. I open the lid. I just, boop, put a drop in there, put the lid back on. And I shake it up real good. Because you can't distinguish. You can't identify. You can't tell the difference between the poison. Because there's so much what? Hawaiian punch. And everybody loves Hawaiian punch. Hawaiian punch is delicious. So how, how will the enemy then trick us? With what feels good. With what tastes good. With what sounds good, but in reality, there's a drop of poison in the 99.9%. There's one drop of poison. And discernment, discernment is the gift from God that helps you identify the drop of poison in the 99% of truth. That's what discernment does. Yeah, so that means I cannot change the word to fit what I want. I can't, man, I can't make up my own doctrine. I can't make that word to fit what I want to do. I have to change what I want to fit the word. Right? I can't just go in and say, you know what? I want to do it like this. I'm going to do it like that. No, I have to search the word. I have to assume that I don't know anything. I don't know anything. Holy Spirit, show me what to do. What does your word say? Not let me go find a verse and read it out of context so I can make it fit me. That's not how it works. We can't do that. Do and we that. do that so much. And those are man-made religions. That is a man-made religion. I know I've probably done it before. How many have heard this thing? You can't judge me. Yes, I can. We're going to get there, guys. We're going to get there. She's okay. going to humiliate me in a minute. I promise you. No. The, the Greek for uh, discernment is uh, diacrisis. 
And it means this. It means proper judgment between things that are so similar that they appear the same. That's what, it, that's, the, that's what that means. So God then has given a gift to the church where only the church can see the drop of poison in the lie. Only the church has this ability. Now, I say that to you because, because when those with discernment speak up about the lies, don't the rest of you get mad. Y'all quit tripping like that. Because there were plenty of people in the early 2020 hour who were standing up and saying, this, is, this ain't right, man. Something's not right here, God. Something's a little fishy here. Something's off here. My spirit is telling me something else. I don't agree with this. I, I don't see it that way. But you know what happened? You know what happened to Caleb and Joshua? They wanted to kill Caleb and Joshua because Caleb and Joshua said, no, they were of a different spirit. So I want you to trust the spirit of discernment on the church. If you don't have it, it's cool, man. It's cool if you, if you don't have it. But I want you to trust those that do. Don't trust any who don't walk as Christ walks, live as Christ walks. Follow me as I follow Christ. But if, I don't, if you don't see me look, looking like Jesus, talking like Jesus, you know, responding like, don't follow me. But if I, if, you have, if I have proven to you over the years that I have the spirit of discernment, then we should honor what Elder Nancy says. We should, we should say, no, no, uh, we trust the spirit of discernment that she operates in. She has proven herself honorable in that manner. And I want us to see the dishonor in, in how we approached it, you know, years ago. There was such a dishonor there that men of God were put in prison. Spiritual leaders were ostracized. They shut down the church because we didn't have, didn't operate in a spirit of discernment. The only thing, the answer to the plague, the answer to the plague was Jesus. The answer to the plague was us touching and agreeing and praying the prayer of faith for the prayer of faith shall raise the sick from there. Come on, talk to me. And because we lack discernment in that hour, because we lack discernment in, in the hour, of testing, we, we drink the poison. We drink the poison. So we can't ignore Holy Spirit's nudge. He's going to nudge you. He's a gentleman. He's not going to come and scream at you, right? We've got to know his voice so well and be able to distinguish it so well and so quickly, right? Not in delayed obedience, but first-time obedience and listen so quickly that every other voice is counterfeit. Mm. it's counterfeit. I know, I know his voice, right? I've got to know his voice so well that anything else is like, nope, that's a lie. Nope, that's a lie. Right away, that's a lie. 
and we're going to do a little illustration for you. Yes, we are. So if you've ever played this game, Hearing Things, it's hilarious. I really would, I would almost, I, I wanted to get you and Rachel to do it because Louis, Rachel is hilarious playing this game. Like, I laughed the hardest ever, I think, watching her play. So I'm going to, this is, this is noisy. So if you've never played this game. What's going on? Okay, well, anyways, it has all these voices in it. It's like, oh, it's making all these noises. So he has to, can you hear me? Can you hear me? What? Okay, I guess he can't. I don't know. So he's got to figure out what I'm saying by my my, my mouth, I guess. I don't know if he's lying or not, though. (laughs) I can't tell. What? So he's got to know what I'm saying. I'm my, okay, you might have to push it again because I, you started too soon. (laughs) If it... (laughs) What? If the time runs out, you have to push it again because I was still explaining the game. So oh. we only get a certain amount of time. So okay. if it runs out, push the button again, push okay? Push the button again. Okay. okay. Is it Is still it going? Is it time to put it on now? Is, Is it this... go time? Okay. Yeah. Go. All right. Okay. So I just want to make sure he does. Okay. So the wor- I'm trying to tell, help him figure out. It's getting ready to stop. Okay. Do you I start it over? Now, so All I'm right. going to press it again. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. okay. I'm going to try to have him find out. I'm saying let's find cupcakes and eat them. Okay. So, here we go. Let's find cupcakes and eat them. Say that again. Let's find cupcakes and eat them. Let's make a mess. <laughs> let's find cupcakes and eat them. Let's fight something for Caleb. <laughs> let's find cupcakes and eat them. Let's find cupcakes you're, and eat them. You're not articulating. You're not let's using your lips. Find let's find some Let's find cupcakes and eat them. Let's, let's find. <laughs> let's find cupcakes and eat them. Let's find some. Let's find cupcakes and eat them. Let's find some cupcakes. Them. Oh, are you cheating? Let's what? find cupcakes. <laughs> let's find cupcakes and eat let's them. Let's find some cupcakes and eat them. Eat them. That's did. what it was? Yeah. It that took was, a while. That was good. <laughs> That was pretty good. Yeah, you thought? I thought it took a long time. I thought you were not moving your lips on purpose. I was laughing. She was not good. (laughs) It's because I was laughing. It's funny. So you've got to block out. You've got to be able to block out everything else. The enemy, the lies, um, the, the doctrines of this world, what other people might be saying. Maybe people that are not believers that you shouldn't be following or listening to in, in a spirit-led way. And man-made religions, our, our emotions, come on, our emotions, right? But my heart, like, I feel it in my heart. If you feel it in your heart, it doesn't always mean it's Jesus. No, not it at all. It might mean that you're just being emotionally led and not spirit-led. Yeah. So you've got to tell your flesh to get back and spirit come forward, right? But you can't do that unless you're... you're making that spirit muscle bigger. We've got flabby muscles. We've got flabby spirit muscles walking around with some really flabby spirit muscles. So how do I develop greater discernment? I have to come, become desperate for him and led by him alone. Yeah. Spend time with, in, with him and his word. Ask him to reveal himself to me through word, prayer, worship, spirit-led believers, like he mentioned, and not, um, not just like, I get it, like, time but let me tell you time like you check your screen time guys it's it's getting bad out here like we've got to put it away take take the time if you have time to be on your screens take the time to stop throughout the day 
and get in God's presence. One in the morning isn't enough anymore. In the evening, it's not enough. We've got to constantly stay in the presence of Jesus. Constantly stay. Because he is after, the devil's after you. He's after your kids. He is after your kids. Let me tell you, he is after your kids. Like parents, you've got to walk in some tremendous um, discernment. Discernment, You've got to walk in some serious, serious discernment. Don't Don't you feel like he's almost let go of parents and said, forget the parents. I'll just go get their kids. Yeah, it's, I feel that way. I feel like he's just like, you know what? I can't get Eddie or Maria. I'm just going after his kids. You know, I just, I feel like that is such a real thing right now. And it's, it's so overt. Sometimes, sometimes the enemy will hide himself in, in, in the wide open space. He just put himself right there as if that could never happen like that. And he's just, mm-hmm. he's just doing the things he's doing in wide open space. It's so important. Hear me. It's so, there's a heresy in the church that, like, that, that wants Jesus as Savior, but not Holy Spirit as sanctifier. <laughs> you know, because if I want to be saved, yes, how many want to be rescued? Yeah, yeah, everybody wants to go to heaven. Yeah, everybody wants to go to heaven. We want to go to heaven. How many want to, how many want to be saved? Everybody wants to be saved. Mm-hmm. But I think we have to... You know, this is why it's arrogant, uh, arrogant of us to leave the doctrines of our parents and our grandparents and our great-grandparents and the early church, the presence of the early church. It's, it's so essential that we understand the doctrine of the Trinity, that, that the, the person of the Trinity, which is the Holy Spirit, ha- you have to have a relationship because Jesus isn't, is not here. He, when Jesus said, I got to go, but don't worry, I'm sending Holy Spirit. And so to, to not have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and to only have relationship with the Logos Word and, and Jesus is, to, is, is heretical. And it's dangerous and destructive and it's, it's destroying the foundation and the fabric, uh, the strength of the church, that we are saying, well, I want Jesus, but I don't want a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit that will guide you into where? It's the Holy Spirit that tells you the Spirit of Jesus. The Spirit of Jesus, the testimony of Jesus is the Spirit of prophecy. It is the Spirit that, that... brings testimony to Jesus that releases the gift of prophecy. Without the Spirit, we are blind. So it is a prerequisite that we have a powerful relationship that's alive, that's meaningful, that's, that's active with the Holy Spirit. And that flies in the face of, of culture today, of society, of the norms of society today. You know, it's just, you know... <laughs> You know, you're not going to go to your, your, uh, your office party and say, I was talking to Holy Spirit the other day. And, uh, you know, <laughs> some of us do, you know. <laughs> and, 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 and the people are like, well, that's weird. You know what I mean? But it's not. It's not. It's natural. It's normal. It's the way it, we have to get to that place to where he does more than convict us of sin. We were talking about this the other day when we drove through. Where were we driving through? 
Um, yeah. You want to name it? The name? Yeah, it was Traverse City in Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. How many have been to a place by show of hands? How many have been to a place and you go into that place and you feel something? Yeah, I mean, it could be like a home, a school, a city, a, huh? new, a new city, anywhere, and you're like, ooh. You feel really that? Weird. You feel that? Just feels we depressing. Dr- or something. Yeah, we were in, yeah, we were in Flagstaff, and I was like, "Ooh, it feels icky here." Yeah, no, it's not, man. There's some icky stuff up there, dude. It's Flagstaff. Flagstaff was icky to me, and then we drove through. Uh, we th- drove through Traverse City. I'm like, "Ooh, it's got that Flagstaff vibe." There's some, there's some spirits here. I'm not saying it's not a good city. I love to flag. I, lo- I mean, it was beautiful. We, we spent some time there. My son lived there. And, you know, but but there, was, there was oppression there. You can, the Holy Spirit will give you discernment. Why? So, so, so you know how to pray? So you can avoid the crash. My, my buddy Marlon, and that morning, he, he got on my, my custom 1200 with 3,500 miles, I got a, a great deal. It was mint condition. He got on my Harley, and I said, we're going to the office, and we're getting ready to go, and you, you went. I went. I had your bags in my car, so I went right before you guys. So you went in front of us, mm-hmm. and as we pulled out, there was some construction on the road, and when Marlon was getting ready to go, so what so, so what, what yeah, happened? So we had construction on our street where they just had like a big, it was about that big of a, you know, they were repaving the road and so it was I don't know about that big I don't know how many inches that is but it was a really big dip in a bump you know they put a bump sign there well I we never go straight we always go left anyways and so I'm like oh I wonder if I should text them and tell them or call them and say don't go this way you need to go left and then I just was like I ignored it but that was a nudge from the Holy Spirit like hey you should tell them not to go that way I'm like they're not going to go that way like they never go that way and so um I didn't text them and tell them she didn't she didn't all my fault. That's called, listen, it's called quenching the Holy Spirit. Don't quench. The scriptures tell us, do not quench the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's sensitive. Don't quench it. Marlon gets on, and he takes off in front of me, and I, I hear the Lord say, the Spirit say, get in front of him. I quench the Holy Spirit. I'm like, no, nah, he's excited. He wants to ride. So I quench the Holy Spirit. I ignore it. We get to the stop sign, and Marlon turns right. I'm behind him. I'm a seasoned rider. I've been riding for a long time. I know that if there's construction on the road, you go slow. The gravel's loose. As we get closer to the, to the dugout part of the road, I realize Marlon's going too fast. And I'm screaming. I, I literally am screaming and trying to get his attention. I got my hands off my, my, my bars, and I'm yelling as loud as I can, but he can't hear me. He hits this bump, flies in the air. I mean, Superman's my brand-new Harley. It, it was brand-new. It, it was mint condition. Mint condition, man. Comes down. Jams the brake, slams. I mean, dude hits the ground. Dude, <laughs> it's, it's, 
He was okay. That's why he's laughing. He hits the ground. He jumps back up. On he jumps back up and he runs in a circle. He runs around the motorcycle in the circle and then goes and lays down on the ground. He's laying on the ground and I run over like, are you okay? Are you okay? And he looks up at me and his face is all smushed from his helmet because he had his helmet on, which was, praise the Lord, he has his helmet. And his face is all smushed and he looked at me and he said, I should have turned left. The Holy Spirit told me to turn left. He said it. He said it in that moment. He said, the Holy Spirit told me to turn left. We could have all, the Holy Spirit spoke three times to all of us. All of us quenched the Holy Spirit. And because we quenched the Holy Spirit, we experienced the crash. How many crashes are you experiencing in your life because you're, you're, you're just ignoring the discernment of the Holy Spirit or you don't even have it? Yeah, do we have spiritual integrity to respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit? And there's a verse in 1 Thessalonians 5.19 that says, Do not quench, subdue, or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I, I kind of see this as an example, too. When if, if my husband is telling me something, right, like we're, we're the bride of Christ, and so when we have that relationship with Jesus, with Holy Spirit, we should be responding to him. So if my husband tells me, you know, when you say that or when you do that, that really hurts me. And he says it again, and I'm like, ah, ha, ha, and I just keep ignoring him. And he says again, you know, when you say that or when you do that, that really hurts me. And I'm just like, whatever. I'm unresponsive. I ignore it. And then he tells me again, hey, you know, when you say that, when you do that, that really hurts me. And eventually, do you think... I don't know. Is Holy Spirit going to keep saying that to me? Is he going to keep coming to me and keep coming to me? Is he going to keep telling me? Eventually, I don't, I don't know if you want to talk to me e- after a while. Yeah, eventually mm-hmm. the relationship creates, there's distance. And when, you know, there's this di- indifference now, yeah. we create an indifference. And we create distance between us and the Holy Spirit. And... And eventually, all right, just go live, go live your life then. Go do it. Do go it the way you life. want to do it. You know, he gives us over to that. Do it the way you want to do it. Can I read one more scripture? Because this one was too good to leave out. Mm, it is too well, they're good. all good. Proverbs 2, 3 through 5. You can write this down. Yes, if you cry out for insight and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek skillful and godly wisdom as you would silver and search for her as you would hidden treasures, then you will understand the reverent fear of the Lord that is worshiping him and regarding him as truly awesome and discover the knowledge of God. We have got to respond to the conviction of Holy Spirit. We cannot quench Holy Spirit. Like that to me is the most, um, I know as a little girl, I've, I, I'd like, I didn't even need a spanking so much, although I got some sometimes, but it was worse for me if my parents were disappointed in me. Like, if I hurt them, oh, oh, that was, like, the worst. Like, I could cry thinking about it right now. That's how bad it is. Like, if I know that I truly hurt him, like, mad at me is one thing. But if I hurt him, oh. That's why you should never say you're mad. You should say, in marriage, you should say why you're hurt. Yeah, I can't even, like, I feel like I can't breathe. I'm like, no, everything has to stop. We've got to fix this. Like, what can I do to, to fix this? Church, we've got to be that way to the Holy Spirit. We do not have, like, we, we can't live a moment without him. 
Like every single part of it. Your kids, your spouse, your neighbors, your coworkers, they need you to be walking so close to the voice of the Holy Spirit and be able to discern other voices that you are able to impart into them. We cannot quench the voice of the Holy Spirit. This world is way too desperate for it. What's, what's wrong today is nobody thinks God's talking to them. And, and because of that, you know, she said earlier, you got to assume that you don't, you're wrong. Men, just trust me. Just assume you're wrong. <laughs> It'll just be easier if you just assume you're wrong. It'll just... Just assume you're wrong. Just surrender. <laughs> or ask your wife because she probably will know. She, I'm telling you, Jesus She's gave you her Spirit. as a Holy Spirit. It's true, right? But this, Husbands just nod, yes. But this thing, it is true, though. This thing, it is they, true. It is true. Yeah. It's true. And all the men know it deep down inside, but we can't say that out loud, especially in public, so just move on. So, <laughs> so we all know we all know that, all right, but we can't say it out loud, so let's just, what, the problem is this in the church, you know, after you've been in the church and you, you become a part of the church and you're of the faith, it's the problem with, with conviction and discernment is we rationalize and compromise. We rationalize and compromise. How many, how many have felt conviction before, and then when conviction came and God told you to do something, you wrestled with God long enough to where you rationalized your perspective to yourself and talked yourself out of the conviction where God was trying you to get you to be obedient. We've all done it. Everybody does it. We've become professionals at that, at this in the church. So, which, because, so as a result, nobody can be corrected, nobody can be readjusted, nobody, you know, nobody wants to hear anybody, you know, operate in discernment because we rationalize our own version of the gospel for ourselves and we're just going to go ahead and compromise in those areas. And when we do that, when we rationalize the, the discernment or the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we quench the Holy Spirit. It's like, it's like saying, you know, this is happening, this is happening. You're like, no, it's not, no, it's not, no, it's not. And before long, you know, the Holy Spirit's like, well, fine, turn right then, crash. Go ahead, man, go ahead. And God's so good in his grace that he has insurance for the crash. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, he does. The Harley's put back together, it's in better shape. Marlon's fine. He's got a little limp, but he's cool. You know what I mean? He's good. But the, but the crashes of, are avoidable if we'll stop rationalizing and, and simply operate in obedience. So husbands, if you just listen to your wife, you'd be better off. Just listen to her. Save you time, time save you money. money. It's going to save you heartache and pain and relationships. And, right? It's going to yeah. tell you what, what to do in your business, what not to do. Like all of it. It's just constant. Like he's, he wants to be in every part of it and to, to see us um, prosper. One more thing, and then we'll close in prayer, right? What do we, what's the one more thing? How do you know what you're um, discerning? Is you or the Holy Spirit? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, you ever been there? Yeah. Where you hear it, you're like, is that me? Yeah. Or is that him? That's why it's important not to be in our flesh. So how do you, how do, you do it? Um, you have to have a greater relationship by surrendering your will.
<laughs> surrender your will, surrender what you want, surrender your desires, because even if they're good, you know, they might be good, but it might not be him. And you might have to go down that path where you're going to crash, and then you'll get better. He'll be there to pick you up. He'll be there to, to heal you, to um, cover you. His grace is good and sufficient for us, but we have got to know his voice so well, and that only comes by spending time with him, by surrendering what I want, surrendering my will, my, my desires to what he wants and to what his word says, and not to fit it to what I want, but say, God, what does your word say? What does your word say? And now show me where I need to adjust, where I need to change, where I need to fix something. It is disingenuous and a lie to profess a relationship with the Holy Spirit and not spend time with him, not pray in the Holy Spirit. So just ask yourself this, like how much, I, I profess a relationship with my wife, how much, how much time do I devote to her? I profess a relationship with Holy Spirit, how much time do you spend in conversation with Holy Spirit? Early on in my Christian faith, I was taught to pray in the Spirit. And pray in the Spirit in, in the empty places of life, right? There are, empty, there are empty places in your days. So I've been taught and, and like guided in my faith from Sunday school to the pulpit to, to private classes to pray in the Spirit when there's empty time. So I would just challenge you, in your empty time, driving, shower, alone, pray in the Spirit. When, you, when something happens and it's, it's at conflict with the promise, pray in the Spirit. My go-to go prayer is not, oh, Jesus, help me. Well, no, Jesus is, Jesus is first. And then, and then Holy Spirit prayers second. I cry out to Jesus and then immediately go into praying in the Spirit. Because you pray in the Spirit, it's like you're not no, no translator needed. No translation needed. Instant, instant, right there. No pretense in that. None of you in that all of, when I don't even know how to pray, the Spirit prays and intercedes for me. So I want to challenge you, church, to pray in the Holy Spirit in the empty times of life. Which means, if, you, if you're going to pray in the Spirit, you have to be baptized in the Spirit. And if you're going to be baptized in the Spirit, you have to just say, just, everybody lift your hands. If everybody lift your hands and say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. baptize me. Baptize. In Jesus' name. Jesus. There you go. Now look for it. Now expect it. Now believe for it. It's a gift. And walk in it. Walk in it. It's not like, here's, my, here's the best description I can give you of the Holy Spirit when he comes upon you. When he starts to move in you. It's, it's when you pray in the Spirit, the language of earth is no longer... Words from earth can no longer describe presence. If you get into the presence of, of God and you start, you, you open your mouth to pray, chances are stammering of tongues is going to happen and the language of heaven will be activated in that moment. And then you'll, the more you're in that place, the more you'll be able to go to that place and say, I, I'm just going to pray in the spirit today in, you know, on my way to work, on my way home from work. And I promise you, if you begin to pray in the spirit like that, you're going to operate in greater discernment. You're going to feel impressions. You're going to meet people and know why. 
You're going to walk in the cities and you're going to know how to pray. You're going to walk into the church and you're going to discern who's carrying what and what they're going through. And it's going to open up doors to other gifts of the Spirit. I promise you, pray in the Spirit. We want to close. Do you want to talk about the fear of the Lord and then close? Because you need the fear of the Lord. And the reason we rationalize and compromise is because you're not afraid of Jesus. You, you, we see Jesus as a lamb and not a lion. But I want you to know, he tramples. His, his garments are stained. I heard a theologian the other day say, say that his garments are stained uh, because he gave some cockamamie, ridiculous. I said, no, son, his garments are stained because he tramples his enemy. I want you to know that out of his mouth comes a sharp sword that will divide and pierce the joint from the marrow, from the spirit, from the soul. Jesus is alpha and omega. Jesus is powerful. He is not, he is not weak. He is not, he is not benign. He is a Effective and he is dangerous. And it's time for us to develop a reverential fear of his presence once again. You know, my son, Masi, like she'll tell Masi to do something. And Masi, we won't even, he won't even flinch. And there are times when I catch him doing it, right, Marty? We catch our kids disrespecting the bride. And, and all we have to do is say, hey, and, and that one hey catches his attention. He drops it. He's like, got you, got you. I, I, I know what you mean. It's time for us. It's time for us in the church to develop that reverential fear again. It's time for when we're on the platform, it, it's his presence. And where his presence is, there's no, no flesh can abide. No, no carnality can be there. It's time to reverence the Spirit of God at the altar again. It's time to reverence the Spirit of God as we come into the, into the sanctuary again. It's time for reverence to come back to the house of the Lord again. It's time to become more reverent in the presence of God because where He is, no flesh can abide. It's time for, it's time for us to ask Him to come closer. The closer He comes... The, the, the priests can't minister anymore. The, the, flesh, the flesh can only take so much of the Spirit before it, it pushes it down and says, no, your flesh can't be glorified here. And it's time for us once again to develop a fear of the Lord. Because if we do, we'll no longer rationalize. We won't compromise the voice of the Spirit. If God speaks like that father, when you speak, your children say, I hear you, Father. I hear you. I hear you. And I'll move. So let's close in prayer. Yeah. And Come we on, just want to yeah, stand up with us and ask Holy Spirit. We just had three things, three areas that we were wanting to pray about. So ask Holy Spirit to forgive you and repent. Repent of anything. Like, ask him to show you. Because some of us don't even know for sure. Like, where is it? Like, he'll show you where. And number two, stop rationalizing, compromising. And number three, get rid of pride. Just your voice, God, not mine. Only your voice. I want to know your voice so well that everything else is a counterfeit. 
and that nothing else matters. Only your voice matters. Seeking after you is what matters. Knowing you so close. Yeah, pride right now. Just come on all over the church. Just lift your hands. All over. Just lift your hands a bit. And we just say, as the church of the living God today, we repent, God. Holy Spirit, we repent. In repentance, there's, there's humility there. Humility translated means from the earth. And it just postures you correctly before the Almighty God. We repent of areas, of times where we've rationalized and compromised the voice. We covenant to get close. So close we can hear the whisper. You are in the whisper. We want to hear you whisper. We want to hear your voice clear. We don't want to hear the voice of the enemy, the lies of the enemy. Help us to know the voice of the good shepherd as he calls his sheep. We just declare pride dies. Self dies. Ego dies. Our ambitions, our longing. Lord, we ask for your desires now. We lay our desires down. We ask for your desires for our children, for our marriages, for our schools, for our, for our workplace, for our church. God, we want your desire, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. If you're here in this room today, you're watching online, every head bowed, every eye closed now. Christians are praying. If you are here and you've never given your heart to Jesus. This is a day of destiny for you where God wants to meet you right here, right now. And I want to introduce you to him. Can you pray this prayer with me if you're watching, if you're here today? Maybe you're backslidden or maybe you've never called upon his name. If that's you, pray this prayer with me now. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart make me brand new right now God's making you brand new you're back there he's making you brand new he's making you brand new he's making you brand new you're brand new right now I give you my life Jesus take it now change the world for your glory not mine I submit to you in your will name. Amen. Amen. Can you put your hands together for Jesus today? Well, I want to thank you for taking the time to linger in the presence of the Lord today as we, as we you know, went long in worship. Thank you for sticking around for the word. We love you. We're praying for you. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. Hey, if you prayed that prayer and you want prayer today, or if you need prayer for anything, our altar ministers are going to come to the front. We want to pray for you. If you're watching online, let us know how we can pray for you online. We love you. God bless you.